0: and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view.
1: This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer.
0: Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Seated by my side, as always, is Eric Eggers, the co-host of this program, an author and researcher extraordinaire. So let me ask you a question, Eric. Have you ever had something that maybe you weren't supposed to have, and then you've misplaced it?
1: something I wasn't supposed to have. I feel like that's a loaded scenario. (laughs) And on the advice of my attorneys, I'm going to probably abstain from answering that question. I've I've lost plenty of things, misplaced plenty of things, but they're all things I was supposed to have. You have misplaced keys. Uh, When I was in 10th grade, I misplaced my report card that I somehow couldn't (laughs) find to show my my parents. At one point, I misplaced a kid, you know? Luckily, we found her.
0: So these things happen, These things do happen. Well, it's happening on a grand scale. Right now, we've had the latest uh, expose involving the Biden administration on January 9th or reports that several classified documents were found in President Biden's personal office in Washington, D.C. at the Ben, sorry, the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. Then a couple of days later, it was announced more documents were found, this time in the garage of the Biden's house in Wilmington, Delaware. This Is
1: how big of like a dynamo the Biden administration is? It's producing jobs left and right. You know, it's producing documents left and right. It's (laughs) like every time you turn around, the economy's getting better. We got more classified documents, but not a big deal because they were in the garage. And Peter, this is the important thing. The door was locked.
0: That's right. The door was locked in the convertible Corvette that he has. (laughs) So the question is, how big a deal is this? There, of course, is first the question of... You know how did the documents get there? Was something? Was this something that was misplaced? Mm-hmm. Uh, was this something that was intentionally taken there? You have lurking in the background, of course, that during the time the documents were there, these classified documents, Hunter Biden was actually living. Uh, at this location. And of course, Hunter has a lot of business deals, foreign business deals going on at this time. Fun fact,
1: Hunter Biden's actually the reason the door was locked.
0: <laughs> <All right. laughs> he didn't want him to touch his Corvette, <laughs> right? right? Um, but first, let's step back and look at how this issue is being treated. Because of course, the first thing that comes to mind is we had other documents that were in the possession of a former elected official, in the case of Joe Biden, he had been vice president. In this case, it was president, former president, Donald Trump, who had documents uh, in his uh, home down in Mar-a-Lago. And of course, the FBI handled this very coolly and calmly by having a conversation with him.
1: Having right. a conversation with him preceded by a raid. Yes. <laughs> so, it's like First, the convo. It's a great, it's a great, you know, kind of military strategy. You know, yeah. conversation doesn't go well. Now, they're saying that the Trump uh, administration, Trump's people actively sort of evaded and tried to keep uh, the FBI the Justice the Department fine. from yeah. getting yeah. these documents back. And that's what necessitated the raid. And they're saying the Bidens, on the other hand, have been nothing but cooperative. And yes. there's, oh, hey, by the way, we found some more. Here you go. <laughs> look how helpful <laughs> we're right. being. Yes. They were in the Corvette all along. Yes, But it is interesting if you go back and look at the reaction. And of course, we remember the media coverage of when these Trump documents were found. But it wasn't just the media. I mean, President Biden himself said, quote, When I saw the image of the documents, I thought, how could that possibly happen? Mm. He goes, how could anyone be that irresponsible? Mm. And I thought, what data may be in there that could compromise sources, methods? By Mm -hmm. that, I mean names of people who helped, et cetera. It was just totally irresponsible. Mm. That's President Joe Biden.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So this is interesting because, of course, there is the hypocrisy angle. and, And as we've said before, as we address this, we don't know all the ins and outs of the document situation with former President Trump. Um, I certainly think there were mistakes made by his side. We do know that they were discussing with the uh, Records Administration on you know, who could have those documents, whether they belonged to Trump, whether Trump had declassified them. There was a dispute. There was a dialogue going on. In the case of Biden, it's a little different because these documents were apparently just discovered um and and it's unclear yet how they were discovered why they were discovered but it was his personal attorneys like, or his why were son, they like, looking for the documents the, why they were looking for the documents who uncovered them why they were found and then it was joe biden's personal attorneys who were going through these who there's no evidence that his personal attorneys have any kind of um security clearance to even be going through these documents it's kind of reminiscent of me of a another previous politician who had classified materials, and that was Hillary Clinton. Mm. Remember, she had her laptop. There were classified documents on there, and her personal attorney was the one who went through and deleted. So...
1: Did you wipe the server? Oh, you mean like with a cloth?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. One of the one of the biggest troll answers you could, ever, you could ever imagine. So, this is messy, and of course, Trump is under criminal investigation over allegations that he mishandled these classified documents when they removed from the White House in January 2021. Some of those documents were marked top secret. uh, And of course, some of the ones that Joe Biden has now at least is being reported. Some of those were also marked top secret and involve subjects like China and Ukraine, which just happened to be the topics of area where Hunter Biden was doing business. Maybe a coincidence, may not be a
1: coincidence. Yeah, there's a giant Hunter Biden-sized shadow lurking over the entire thing, and it is actually—it's funny. It's like yet again, you have another election st- cycle with a Hunter Biden-sized story yeah. that gets downplayed. Yes, and uh, you know Jim Jordan on the House Judiciary Committee is the one that raised this point. He says the Biden administration and the FBI knew about this a week before the election. Maybe they knew about the fact that documents were down there. Maybe the American people should have known about that, he told reporters. He said they certainly knew about the raid on Mar-a-Lago 91 days before this election. But if on November 2nd, the country would have known that there were classified documents at the Biden Center, maybe it would have made a difference. And I think, to your point, it's another story. Wait. So yeah, documents related to Ukraine, documents related to China, both places where Hunter Biden had business deals secured while his father was a vice president, by the way, and in charge of policy related to both of those countries. And so I don't think now you've got Hunter Biden in the news. There's a big, long piece in the New York Times about his pending legal trouble. Right. And so, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to suggest that maybe Hunter Biden's pending legal trouble would be one of the reasons why Joe Biden's personal attorneys would have been looking for documents right. potentially related to Hunter Biden's finances if he's facing tax evasion charges.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's entirely possible. And it's worth, I think, here just to take a couple of minutes to go through and look at the context in which these documents. So let's remember the documents are at the Biden-Penn Center. This is
1: elite podcast, and we're talking about documents, right? So we're talking about eight by 11 pieces of paper. And
0: we're trying to make them sexy.
1: (laughs) How do you think you're doing so far?
0: Not so good. (laughs) But in all seriousness, to look at these documents, these top secret documents, in the context in which they occur. So the first one is the Biden-Penn Center, which was set up when Joe Biden left the vice presidency. And here's the first curious fact which is the funding for the Biden-Penn Center. There's a lot of mystery here because they do not disclose who their donors are. But you have this fascinating thing happened when the Biden-Penn Center was opened, which is that suddenly, suddenly the University of Pennsylvania, where it's housed, saw a large increase in the number of donations from China. Um, which I find very, very curious. So, in February of 2017, when the University of Pennsylvania announced that Joe Biden was being appointed to a professorship and the Biden Center was being launched to imp- promote his vision of global affairs, you saw this jump in foreign donations. Uh, it, the trend is unmistakable. After the Biden Center, Penn Center announced donations from the Chinese mainland to the University of Pennsylvania on, almost tripled. In the three years before the center was opened, the university received around $15 million. The three years after, the total was close to $40 million, later jumped to $60 million if you include contracts. And then a lot of the
1: donations are anonymous. That's the $22 million are anonymous, right? Like we yeah. don't know. So you got money coming from China to go fund a thing that's meant to prop up the former vice president, potential future presidential candidate's legacy yes. being funded from unknown sources from a country that's our largest geopolitical threat and oh by the way happens to be from the same country that's entered into a one and a half billion dollar joint equity deal with the son of the former vice president that's pretty much accurate yeah? yeah
0: yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right so the anonymous thing is really surprising because of course joe biden has said he's in favor of transparency but the notion that you can have overseas entities individuals making anonymous donations and we don't know who they are and let's remember by the way It wasn't just Joe Biden. The Biden-Penn Center was also employing Tony Blinken, who is now the Secretary of State.
1: A.K.A. the person in charge of sort of setting global policy against China.
0: Exactly. And the White House counselor, uh, uh, Steve Reschetti, was also on the payroll.
1: Now, of the donations, we do know. But just to kind of drive that point home. So that's why it matters, right? Because some people are like, well, who cares if they're donating money to a university? It's not necessarily money going into the Biden's family pocket.
0: It's, but it's going to subsidize the Biden Penn Center and I think the trend is unmistakable why do you have this sudden surge in donations and why won't the Biden the, the Penn Biden Center disclose their donations their budget where the money comes from they're they're completely silent on all of that which always makes one suspicious and
1: again in a vacuum hey hey maybe it's not the end of the world it's some you know you have a surge of donations from China to a center at the University of Pennsylvania in the name of of Joe Biden. But then if you look at it in the larger context of the fact that you've got Hunter Biden with numerous business deals in China, not just the one and a half billion dollar deal, but you've also got the the deal with the Chinese energy company. You've also got, as you documented in your runaway number one New York Times bestseller red handed, thirty-one million dollars worth of deals with the Biden family. Yeah. With people linked to the top levels of Chinese military, right? So I mean so it's like this is not the first financial relationship we've seen emerge with the Bidens in China.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so let's let's really focus on this issue of the documents. So some of the documents are at the Penn Center where you've got all this Chinese money that's flowing in and of the donors that we do know of that are named. uh, One of them uh, is run by an entity that was uh, a joint investor with a Hunter Biden deal So you've got a Hunter connection there. Another one came from a a Chinese bank that is run by the Chinese government. So they're real insiders. So that's where some of the documents are found, the Penn Center. The other ones are found at this home in Wilmington, Delaware, which we now know is where Hunter Biden was actually living while the documents were there. And it's worth recounting at this precise time. That hunter is living in this home with these classified documents the deals that he is doing and the deals and the people that he's involved with
1: why do you think it's relevant because it just speaks to if hunter biden's whole business deal right again this is not a guy that came from lloyds of london like he is a yale educated attorney but he didn't exactly have the world's most dashing and impressive international resume he essentially he's admitted right his business career is based on the fact that biden's his last name Proximity is power. His right. father, his his business career takes off when his father becomes vice president. Right. And so you think it's absolutely relevant that he's living in a home with access to these confidential documents while he's doing deals because you think potentially it just speaks to, this is how plugged in I am, right? Yeah, so I'm a guy you want to bring into these equations.
0: That's right. And let's remember, again, looking at, at the Trump um, raid and the Trump documents, one of the concerns that was raised, and I think legitimately so, is that Donald Trump had a lot of visitors that were coming in and out of mar lago from the Middle East, but did we re- overseas. But
1: we, do we really think he's like charging people money to see documents? No,
0: no. I think, I think in, in Trump's case, it's a little bit different because Trump you know, had the documents secured. And Trump himself has done deals overseas in the past. But I would argue those are deals that actually involve tangible things, meaning he's building condos, he's building hotels. In the case of Hunter Biden, this has been one of our main contentions from the beginning. It's unclear what services, if any, Hunter Biden is providing for the money he's getting. He's getting people to send him $5 million, $6 million. He comes on as a quote-unquote joint partner, but he brings literally nothing to the table, no skill set, no other investors. So you have to wonder, what are people paying for? And when you look at the fact that Hunter Biden's living in the home where there are these now, as we know, these classified documents, some involve Ukraine, some involve China, who was he working for? Number one, he was working for Burisma.
1: Ukrainian energy company.
0: Exactly. The Ukrainian energy company. Number two, he's working with several Chinese entities, one of which is called CEFC. So think about this for a second. The documents are there. He's living in the home and he's working with a guy named Patrick Ho that Hunter Biden himself calls the effing spy chief of China.
1: Spy chiefs wouldn't be interested in classified <laughs> U.S. documents, though, right? That's not their deal. Yeah,
0: right, exactly. Zero, zero, they're more interested in the Corvette,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> goes very take fast. Me a, take
0: me a for a ride in the Corvette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you know, look, we don't know. Yeah that that hunter knew those documents were there we don't know that they are but the point is these are precisely the kinds of security concerns that you have and we know that hunter was trading off of his father's name and we know based on our reporting and other reporting that he was giving access to high-ranking ccp officials to the obama white house in the name of his father i mean he's played off of that before
1: and even if you take the documents out of the equation which you know God forbid we lose the incredible sex appeal of documents in this podcast discussion for a second. <laughs> Gets me all excited. I, I'm aware, yes. But if, <laughs> but if you take that off the table for a second, even the fact that you have this Biden-Penn Center that's getting this influx of Chinese money yeah. while employing the people that will be the future Secretary of State and other key national security advisors. Right. And these people are essentially sort of like the center is creating – a policy, right? They're, they're advocating for, hey, here's what we should be worried about. Here's what we shouldn't be worried about. Right. What do they say we should be worried about? The challenge specifically posed by Russia, yeah, uh, but they if, never
0: mentioned China. Never. Me- I mean, that's wild. It is wild. They, they mentioned three threats. Number one,
1: Russia. Big time. Number two, terrorism. Well, in fairness, Russia did see in hindsight seem to be a threat. Yeah, right? it, well,
0: like, absolutely. We absolutely. Been- <laughs> but the three that they think are the biggest threat are, are Russia. And yeah. of course, they, they, are, they are aggressive. We've seen that in Ukraine. Number two is terrorism, mm-hmm. which is still around. Maybe it's winning. So number three, climate change. <laughs> so those are the three they give us. China does not even appear as a threat to what they call the international liberal order, which is what the Biden-Penn Center stands for. So here you've got the biggest rival power that's doing all of this stuff, that's shutting down Hong Kong, doing all these things. Not a threat at all. It's not even worth mentioning.
1: Just because we're talking about China and we're comparing what's happening with the Bidens to ha- what happened with Donald Trump. I mean, it, it should be pointed out that not not only is Donald Trump you know, not immune from doing business with overseas people. He's actively taking, I think, lots and lots of money from the Saudi Arabian kingdom right now through his partnership with the LIV Golf Tour, right? Yes,
0: the golf core, And, and, and his son, Jared Kushner, just signed a private equity deal. I believe it was with the United Arab Emirates Sovereign Wealth Fund. So no question. So, so like those guys are,
1: ca- are cashing in in the Middle East. Do you think that, I guess- is that somehow less of a big deal just because Saudi Arabia doesn't seem to – pose? we don't consider Saudi Arabia to be the world's largest geopolitical threat to the United States sovereignty like we do China now. It's ironic they were sort of just like giving Saudi Arabia a pass on so the old 9-11 thing.
0: <laughs>
1: right, 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 right. <laughs> I guess that's fine. Yeah. But it, I mean so it's not to dismiss the threat that Saudi Arabia no. has clearly proven – its residents can pose absolutely, but it but it just, it's not the same economy of scale, if you like, compared to a China.
0: It's not, and the other thing again, I would go back to again. Look, I'm not saying that these foreign deals, uh, the Jared Kushner deal, uh, that they aren't things that we should be concerned about, and that that I would discourage uh, people connected to politics to be engaged in. But again, in the case of Kushner, he's bringing a large amount of capital, real estate capital into that equation. And he's he's it's a joint venture with uh, this Middle Eastern Sovereign Wealth Fund. In the case of Hunter Biden, it goes back to what is he actually bringing to the table? He's not bringing any capital like Kushner is. He's not bringing any uh, tangible assets like real estate assets. He's not bringing any skill set. What is he actually being paid for? And that's the question that, of course, the Biden people never want to answer. They never want to talk about. They just say he's a businessman, but they never explain what he's actually selling and why he's getting millions of
1: dollars. So they're not
0: giving it to him for free.
1: Does the time frame of this and given and the New York Times actually was like very forthcoming in terms of Hunter Biden's substance abuse history. Right. We've reported on the fact that the fall of 2016, yeah. right? Um he is you know hunter biden's kind of in the midst of some addiction related problems he abandons a rental car it's got drug residue he goes and hides out at this rehab facility yeah. so like but i think starting in the fall of 2016 and through according to new york times up till 2018 or later because it says you know his addiction problems proved to be conceptually a threat to joe biden's candidacy yeah so but this is the time frame when he's got substance abuse problems is that does that make it more concerning because he's got these international deals? he's yes. got potentially relationships with foreign governments, spy chiefs that yeah. are looking to gain leverage. They're looking to sort of exploit vulnerability and weakness. And he's maybe in one of the most vulnerable seasons of his life.
0: Yeah, he's he's vulnerable. Now, here's what I would say is there's no question that that he had an addiction problem and that's a serious addiction problem and we can all sympathize on that level. Uh, But here's what I would say. I do feel like the Biden team is kind of overplaying their hand in the sense of saying he was, you know, they're basically saying he was completely drugged out and he didn't know what he was doing. He was taking meetings and he was meeting with top flight people in China, in Ukraine, uh, in Russia, in Europe. I don't think he was showing up with, you know, residue on his nose, totally whacked out. I mean, the point is, is he could present himself in a way that was effective. And it also begs the question if he was completely drugged out um, and it was apparent to those foreign entities, why were they still choosing to do business with him? Um, and, and again, if you look at this from the standpoint of a foreign intelligence service like the Chinese or you know the Russians or whoever, what better than to have a guy who's got serious addiction problems that owes you stuff, right? That's That's the leverage that you're really looking for in that relationship.
1: I just want to say, 80s drug culture reference, Peter Schweitzer is my favorite. <laughs> Peter Schweitzer, you mentioned drugs. All Peter Schweitzer thinks about is Bright Lights, Big City with Michael J. Fox. That's pretty much it. <laughs> there is no other context. Was it Michael J. Fox? Was he I'm pretty sure he was in the movie. Because yeah, yeah. okay. uh, I remember being confused. Like, I know this guy from Secret of My Success. What's happening?
0: And that TV show. He <laughs> That's had. right. That's right. Alex Family B. ties. B. That's right. Alex B. Well, over the Well, in air.
1: fairness, he was a Republican. <laughs> 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 By the way, this is a quick Family Ties reference. You know who act- actually has an episode at Family Ties where he ha- with real addiction problems? Tom Hanks plays a drunk uncle. And Does it's, it really? it's really funny because he's like- Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, it is. Anyway, so this is what happens when you start talking about addiction problems. We get yeah. into this.
0: So it's, it's a major concern. But look, what, what, what is I find uh, quite interesting and ridiculous in the part of Team Biden is their first position was- How dare you question Hunter Biden's overseas business deals as we started doing in 2018? Because he's a professional guy. He went to Yale. He was on the board of Amtrak, appointed by his dad. He's a serious guy. Quit these. They've gone from that to, oh, he's a totally drugged out guy. He didn't know what he was doing.
1: Do do we also need to address the fact that not only has that changed, but the narrative about what Joe Biden's known and the threshold, and I think we make this point when this comes up, but it wasn't that long ago when the Biden line was officially, Joe Biden had no knowledge whatsoever of any business deals Hunter was doing.
0: Yeah, and that's now changed. The New York Times recent piece is... Uh, there's no evidence that Joe Biden actively participated <laughs> in his son's business. Yes. And they at one point, uh, Eric, they even say, and to be clear, they never had a joint checking account. Okay, well that solves it. They and, and, saw that solves and
1: it. And by the way, when they say he never actively participated with that right. New York Times article, which again came out last week, says is that no, no, when Hunter Biden would be entertaining official clients, Joe Biden would come and meet them. Yes, and they had to find people that then like, well, I don't, I don't remember them talking any specific business. <laughs> like, did his father come and meet Hunter Biden's business partners? Well, of course, yes, because right. he's an active involved father. Right, exactly. but no, they, you know they never they didn't like swap balance sheets or yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, it's 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 uh really remarkable remarkable to see the erosion of the Biden position to where he, there was, there, there, first it was there were no, no foreign deals. Then it was those deals were legitimate. His father didn't know about it. Then it became his father's not an active participant. And now we're at the point where they never actually had a joint account. So everything's good. It indicates to me that something is up. They are hiding things. They also know that this is a very serious and important story um, and they are very concerned and they're trying to get ahead of it.
1: So can we not end then on a hopeful note, since you were sharing some of the feedback you get about the podcast as people's favorite episodes are the ones that give people hope and show people making a difference. So is a hopeful element to take away from all this. The fact that since they don't keep visitor logs at the Biden residence in Delaware, but that because Congress. Congress, because it's you know classified documents, it's stuff that's relevant to national security, Congress does have oversight in this matter. Yeah. So since they don't have visitor logs, Congress is now allowed to pursue other avenues to try to figure out who, if anybody, was in that home, who would have access to it. And what that means is they're going to now have access to a lot more information that tells us a lot more about who's hanging out at this Biden home. Yeah, the documents are there, but so is Hunter Biden, and so are the right. business deals he's doing potentially with Joe Biden. So we're potentially able, able to find out a lot more information pretty soon.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. I think we're gonna get that. My only concern about the uh, congressional- we're, we're trying to keep
1: it positive. Yeah, no no I, it's I, 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 concern, it's not a concern.
0: Well, I think we're gonna know Peter's more. What Peter's excited about. My, yeah, my, my my biggest concern about the oversight process is in Washington, there's this tendency, they see the bright, shining object and they chase it. And I think the document story in, in the Biden home and at the Biden Penn Center are important stories. I think the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden financial ties to China is a bigger story. So I would hate for them to get off on the wild chase of the documents. I want them to focus and, and to get to the bottom line. I think we are going to start to see that when it comes to subpoenas. We're going to start seeing some of these suspicious activity reports, uh, more than 150 of them, the Treasury Department laid out and remember suspicious activity reports you and i in our lifetimes are not going to face suspicious activity reports because these are issued by the treasury department if there are large sums of money transferred from mysterious foreign entities to somebody in the united states and they have reason to believe that it either involves illicit activity or money laundering it gets flagged yeah it gets flagged there's more than 150 of those involving Hunter Biden and James Biden. We're going to start, I think, to see the details of those transactions, who the money came from, how much of it was, which account that the Bidens have that landed in. I think that's going to be very, very helpful. I I always remain optimistic because I love this country I believe in this country and I think the genius of the founding fathers was checks and balances and sometimes they fall out of line sometimes they don't work uh, but I think in this case we're starting to see that kind of justice come forward what's your perspective on this in terms of where we are on this story do you think people are just fed up and cynical and they want to move on or do you think that there are enough people that are eager to get to the bottom
1: of this I think this story is indicative of what's where exactly we're as a country because I think if you are if you read or Consume conservative media at all? I think you recognize that. No, this this is a big deal. Like this is a guy that was doing business with foreign governments while his father, as vice president, was helping shape policy towards those governments. Uh, we now have evidence that the FBI and big tech colluded to try to actively suppress relevant stories that could have swung the election in 2020. So I mean, you got an election shaping, foreign government policy shifting. Personal finance, shady disclosure, hiding—you yeah. know—all th- those elements are here. But if you're on the left, people think this is like a third tier. They think this is like something you talk about it during the commercial breaks at OAN, right? You know, right. this is this is not a big deal. And so I think it's to your point. I think it's very important that it not become we just chase the latest thing. Yeah. But if you, if you can start getting the details on those suspicious activity reports, and you start putting together a definitive timeline yeah hey joe biden was vice president this happened right they travel on air force two hunter biden strikes this deal now the money starts getting transferred and then oh by the way they did this and then you know here comes the election and everything else i I do think uh you know why are your books successful Because you have an elite staff, but why else are they successful? (laughs) Because you believe in the power of numbers, right? Like example after example after example. And I think if you can show that this is a pattern that's been repeating itself with Biden family business, while Joe Biden has been in position to shift policy and make decisions, and then that's when Joe and uh, that's when James and Hunter get paid, you know, I think that's something that can break through.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that's a good optimistic note for us to end on today um, as always we appreciate you joining us on the podcast we know your time is very valuable we know there are a lot of podcasts out there but we really do try to drill down on the details and give you a perspective uh, that you're not going to get anywhere else you can find this podcast uh, of course at our website which is the you can also find it at other locations where podcasts are available thank you so much for listening until next time we look forward to talking again